Life is hectic, so wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with Factor's chef-crafted and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 options a week, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, they've got a variety that fits your lifestyle. Factor has restaurant-quality meals ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. They also have various easy options for the entire day, from breakfast to midday bites, smoothies, and more. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is a nutritious and delicious experience, and it won't break the bank. You can customize your meals by choosing 6 to 18 per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule deliveries anytime to fit your schedule. Factor meals are 100% hassle-free, giving you more time for what matters. Head to factormeals.com slash otherside50 and use the code otherside50 to get 50% off. That's code otherside50 at factormeals.com for 50% off your delicious, hassle-free meals. My name is Graham O'Connor, and I had a near-death experience 17 years ago. I was 27 years old. The cause of my near-death experience was an accidental overdose of alcohol and a prescriptive drug. And some relevant information around that time, my best friend had died about six months prior to this. He had a brain tumour and he was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and was dead within three weeks of getting his diagnosis. So it's quite a traumatic time. Also around that time, I was working as a clinician on a paediatric ward and it had been a really difficult couple of weeks in that we um, three children had died unexpectedly. And anybody who died since my best friend had died, I found it quite difficult to deal with, just brought back all of those memories. So as a lot of people at that age, I would deal with these difficult feelings by going out and, and drinking. So I had arranged a night out with my friends just at a local club bar area in South London in Clapham called the Two Brewers. And need to say, we got drunk and the more drunk you get, you migrate to the back of this venue, which has a club area. And back at the club, my friends managed to get a seated area, which we sat down. Then a friend went to the bar to get a drink. And it was at this point I was offered this very powerful anesthetic, which I took, which you should never mix alcohol with this very powerful anesthetic. And instantly when I went inhaled this, I knew something wasn't right. I was going into systemic shutdown and I knew my blood pressure was dropping. My peripheral vision started to blacken and I knew my blood pressure was dropping and I collapsed very quickly. My friends told me at this time that I rapidly went into respiratory failure. You have your sternocleidomastoid ligaments here, which causes a very distinctive sound called a strider, which is just basically trying to get air into your, your lungs by causing this very distinctive sound. Now, I was oblivious to all of this because I was instantly transported to a magnificent realm and I was actually suspended in this air instantly. Um, and I was within this huge coliseum. I was actually suspended between these two humongous um, columns. And these columns were going as far either side as me as, as I could see. And there's a huge column behind me. I say behind me, but I had 360 degrees perception. So I had this perception all around me. There were these stairs coming up to this coliseum, like a thousand stairs. It was absolutely huge. Now, the light um, within this colour, the Colosseum was made of this energy and light, and there was also the, the surrounding area was made of light and energy. But the light there has almost a substance to it, a, a feeling to it. It's, it's very difficult for NDS to explain this situation because it's, it's almost a six-dimensional experience that you then have to put into your 
human five to six senses. So it's very difficult to get the experience across. The only way that I've learned to explain the, the light there is like when, we're, when you're in science class and you have a beam of light that shines shine into a prism and then it refracts the whole rainbow. But within that prism, you've got this beautiful rainbow with the light within it. And that's what the light was there. It's this incredible colors there. Because you think about how restrictive our vision is in, in within the humans. We've got a very small range of color, whereas the natural real spectrum, there's up to the ultraviolet and infrared. And so when you take that into account, this gives you some idea of what the color and the light was up there. Now, when I was in, in, suspended in the air, I had this incredible presence on my right hand side. I wanted to say I didn't have any physical form as I could see, but there was a presence that was very comforting um, and protective. And I, I don't know what that presence was. I couldn't see it, but I could just feel it, um, whether it was my higher self or part of my soul family, but it was there the whole time I was having this experience. Now, in front of me were these four beams of energy um, I mean, these were absolutely huge. When you think about the, the giant sequoias in Yosemite, these massive trees, but these beams of energy were identical looking, but they had very different frequencies or fields. And I, they were actually people that who I knew, which I'll, I'll come back to in a moment. But I wanted to say that these beams that were in front of me, beams of energy, I could see hundreds, if not thousands of these energies within my perception going out as far as I could, could sense or feel. And also these beams were also within the Colosseum behind me. Now there was this, again, this is where it's very difficult to explain, but it was almost like a thread of light or energy that was connecting all of us together. It was like this galactic spider web that were just connected. And it gave me a real sense of how we are all connected and this one consciousness really, and we're all here having these life experiences as humans, but we're actually just one conscious. And that's what it makes you, makes me laugh when we judge people because we're actually just judging ourselves. And often if someone does trigger something within you or re makes you react for some reason, because you're seeing something, it's often a reflection of yourself within that person. It's, it's a really, really good, useful insight to, to use when you're next time you're judging someone. So this light beams were around all around me and we were all connected. But the four beams that were in front of me, the first three were the, the children that had passed away on the ward on, on the coming weeks. Now, the communication up there is way beyond telepathy. It's just an understanding and a knowing. I, there was no specific dialogue at all that I had. There was just this, the most purest form of communication that you can have. There's no error for misunderstanding. It's just that absolute connection. Um, there was no real reference for these children to their time on earth. There was a much bigger understanding about their, their life journey and about what they were, where they'd been, what they were doing. Um, and I also had a sense that there was almost a bit of a message for me to be able to move on and, and be able to, to deal with death a little bit better than I was doing. Now, the fourth theme eventually was my best friend who had died six months prior to this. And again, there was no physical form. It was just this magnificent beam of energy. And it's like it's so difficult to explain because I could just, for whatever reason, I could feel or sense that was who it was. The communication with him was a little bit more different in that because we had that time on earth together, I think we did have a, a closer connection. It was almost like a, a sense of humor joking in that he was a total atheist on earth. And we were in this incredible realm. It's like, like what is this place? And how comes, you know, as an atheist, why, how comes you're here? Which was um, a bit of humor that was there. 
Now, I didn't get a, a life review, but I was taken back to one specific memory with my best friend who had died. And I was very fortunate to have been in the hospital bedroom when he died, which is, an, you know, as devastating as it is, it's also an absolute privilege to be in the same room as someone when, when they do pass. Now, my best friend, he was not ready to, to die at all. He was a young man. He had a great life, a great career. He, he did not want to die. Um, he was trying to get his um, radiotherapy head um, mask fitted to have that the, the treatment, but he died so quickly, he didn't have time to have that, and he wasn't ready to go. Now, I was shown this memory from his perception. So I was actually, at that time, I was shouting up to him saying, just let show me a sign that you're okay. But I was shown this memory from his perception. So I was looking down at myself. I could feel all my emotions at that time my anger towards him but i could also feel his emotions and he had just died but i could feel that he was actually at peace and he was you know comforting and at peace and to what had just happened to him so it's a very strange situation it's a process called shared death experience it's almost i've had that as a retrospective viewpoint which again is very difficult to explain but again incredible to, to have this experience now because i'd seen myself in this physical form it made me then think about my own initial death. Now, I was in this realm, and I'm narrating this in a way that it's chronological, but it's not. Everything just happened in the, in, at the same time. This is how incredible the conscious is and, and you know, just displays the limitations of the human brain, because all of this just happened at the same time. But because I could see myself in that human form, I then had the awareness that, well, was I dead? How did I die? And I was very at peace being dead. And I was in this incredible realm, very comforted. But I then had the realization that, okay, I had died. Well, how did I die? Was it in the club? And there's no judgment there. The only judgment comes from yourself. And I remember thinking this wasn't an ideal situation to, to, to die. And I remember thinking about my family, particularly my parents. And I actually had a vision of my parents in the bed at that time. It was at nighttime, they were sleeping. But it was that vision that absolutely, that catapulted me back to the earth. Now, when I went to the, this incredible realm, it was in an instant, but coming back to the earthly realm, it was a little bit slow. And I remember coming through the club area and actually coming through the wooden barn. And then coming through the wood, I could see it in its all its greatest intricacies. I could see all the splinters of the wood. I could actually even got a sense of the tree that it used to be. And again, it sounds absolutely crazy, but I got a feel of that. And then I, my consciousness was in the club area. Then there was no noise in the club. I couldn't see anybody else. There was just my consciousness and I could see my body on the floor. My body looked absolutely useless and insignificant as this feeling of who I was in this consciousness. But I did then have this sense of fear, thinking like, well, how was my consciousness going to get back into my body? It wasn't moving into my body. Now, previously, you know, literally seconds ago, I've just been in this incredible realm, knew I was dead and did not care about it. But now I was in this earthly realm, I don't, you know, crossing the fail. I had all my human emotions and it was petrified. I can remember it tangibly, the fear that I had by not getting my consciousness into my body. Now, my consciousness was like undulating back to my body and back into this bar area. I again could see the bar in its greatest detail. I could see all the the scum that accumulates around the bar area. But again, I had this sense of absolute fear because I'm going to get my consciousness into my body. Now, whether through intentions or will, thankfully my consciousness did get back into my body and I sat up and at this time, that's when all my senses came to me. So the music from the club came on. There's everyone stood around me, the security guards around me. My face was painful because my friends were hitting 
my face to try to rouse me. And I just sat bolt upright and said, I've just seen Brendan. And everybody knew that Brendan was dead, had died. Um, so I looked absolutely mental at this time. But it was, it was a, a very vivid memory that I took straight back with me. What was quite traumatic about the, not this, this wake up in the situation was the time that I thought I was gone for. It felt like an incredible eternity. It really did feel like I was gone for, you know, weeks, at least weeks. And then to realize that I was only gone for five to 10 minutes was actually that I almost caused some post-traumatic stress disorder from that because it was it's such a, a contrast of the time experience that, that I had. I was absolutely obsessed with this place. I could not stop thinking about it. And I kept thinking, how can I get back to this place? It was so incredible. And I thought about, you know, can I do the same process I'd done before? But the return journey was so stressful. I didn't want that to happen either. Now, I was very lucky in that I got some incredible after effects. And you often hear about people that, that have had a near-death experience, that the two worlds were almost merged for a few months. And some people have this for the rest of their lives, but I just had it for a few months. So the first week of getting back, I was out with my friends and we we're just in a coffee shop. My phone was on the table and it started to ring. And it was my best friend's number that came up who died six months ago. Now, no one had used his phone during that time. In the three weeks leading up to his death, he couldn't use his phone because of the brain tumor. So I just assumed maybe it was his partner was using the phone for some reason or giving his phone out. So I answered the phone expecting someone to answer and there was nothing there at all. And I just knew this was a validation of what I'd seen before. And it was just him to show that, you know what, you saw that was absolutely real. I kept that connection, that phone open for as long as I could. I just didn't want to close it. I knew that was our, the validation that, that it was real. I did close the phone down. I texted his friend and said, have you given Brendan's phone out to anybody or have you used it? I've just had a missed, you know, a call from him. And it's like, no one's used that phone. It's in the drawer at home. It's not been charged for six months. So for me, it was just a fantastic validation. I'm very lucky also that my best friend gets, gives me signs all the time in terms of orbs. So for my 40th birthday, I got an incredible orb caught on video. And a previous video that I've done talking about this experience, I got some incredible orbs in the background. So that I think is just his way of showing that I'm doing the right thing, talking about this um, taboo subjects, especially in the profession that I work in. Now, moving on to these, carrying on these um, side effects that I had, again, the following week after the phone call, I was at my friend's house, a friend's flat, which I'd been to many times before. And it was a Tuesday night, and I was having toads in the hole, which is a British dish, dish, which is the sausages within the Yorkshire pudding. And I remember seeing a man walking through his hallway into his bathroom, and I just jumped up saying, stick there's somebody in your flat, run out to the hallway. There's absolutely nobody there. And I'd just seen a full apparition it's clear as day that a real person walking through his hallway, they're wearing a top hat, six foot tall, blonde hair. And again, it's funny because you always talk about these scenarios and why they always dressed in these Victorian outfits. And it was this man was dressed in a Victorian outfit. And you think, why not? Somebody's in their 90s or 80s and they're dressed that way. But this was classic, somebody in their 90s outfit. Again, to experience that was an absolute privilege because it's something I will hold forever that I saw and I don't have to prove it to anybody as an experience. This was 17 years ago, but it's still so real to have experienced that. A following week after that, again in my friend's flat, I was walking from his kitchen into the front room through that hallway and I was transported back in time within that flat. So in London, they make the flats much smaller than they used to be now. But I could say my friend's deep had these two large sash windows, but I was transported back to a time where all the walls had disappeared. And I could see four large sash windows. They'd all been smashed in. 
and there was dried leaves blowing around this room. It then instantly transported back to the time that it was then. I can only assume that the, the, the dead man that I'd seen, the ghost and the time difference with the smashed window, they must be linked in some way. Um, but again, it's just going back to that incredible experience that I had. Now, the overarching after effect that I've had is, is probably the connectedness that, that you have with this because I've just seen that what I felt up there, just seeing this connection and this, whatever we were connected by, light or love, that was an incredible effect to take back, basically. And I can just still have that compassion for people now. So, I mean, my take home message for people now after having this experience is just not to take life so seriously. We really are here just to experience as much as we can as humans, the good and the bad, and just to enjoy life and try not to complicate your life too much by taking life so seriously and just to follow your passions as much as you can by freeing up your time so you can do your creative writing or go to your book clubs or art classes or even sports so you can follow that passion and, and light that fire within you and I've, I've got some wonderful messages that i you know that i really do live my life by now just these life lessons because after going through an experience like this it does make you question the bigger questions in life like why are we here why is there something as opposed to nothing and it really does help you to to have these just to formulate your, your life um, in a, a much more balanced and relaxed way. So my take-home message for everybody is just to, life is a game, enjoy life and make the most of it. Thank you for listening.